out to all you Ravagers and Outriders, Novacore and Crane, and even all you Solver out there. You are now listening to Sanctuary Walk Radio. Um, but I think we're gonna we're gonna reclassify that a little bit. Uh, we're gonna think we're gonna say D bags, D bags, yes. powers. Um, um, uh, because then I don't have to beep anything because we will be saying D bags with powers a lot. A lot. Should they? Um, ha- should we have like a theme song for D bags with powers? <laughs> I might just take that and it's like non-exciting forms. <laughs> D bags with powers. <laughs> the more you know, and then like the sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 2007. The third movie that makes my geek hurt. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is uh, one of the, uh, up to this point, the longest movie that Marvel has done. Two hours and 36 minutes. And uh, damn and them, it shows. And it felt like four. It is a, damn it them is them a for doing bloated it. two hours and 36 minutes. It is a hefty two hours and 36 minutes. It is, is an a Atkins painful. diet needing two hours and thirty. It's it's minutes. there are cr- so many cringe. There are times when I cringed for a full five minutes. Have you seen I this one? I did not see this. Well, okay, be happy. Okay, I'm hold happy. on to your butts. Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three. May fourth, two thousand and seven. May the fourth be with you. Uh, Sam Raimi directed the film. A budget of two hundred and fifty million dollars, making back. $890 million. Uh, the plot, Peter Parker and MJ seem to finally be getting uh, on the right track in their complicated relationship, but trouble looms for the superhero and his lover. Peter's Spider-Man suit turns black and takes control of him, not only giving Peter enhanced power, but also bringing out the dark side of his personality. And by dark side, we mean really bad dancing. Peter must overcome the suit's influence as two supervillains, Sandman and Venom, rise up to destroy him and all he holds dear. Oh, yeah. I, I really want to say this movie is a parody of its of itself, of the prior movies. This is what I felt like when I watched it. Wait, I remember Bad Dancing, though. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Black hair, Tobey Maguire, strutting down the street, doing his thing, popping yeah, the collar. He's for like, those of you who aren't yeah. watching... <laughs> Uh, we are showing her a video of it. Wait. It's a gif, but yeah, close enough. It's literally Is that the... Are you sure? Doesn't he dance in the first movie? No. 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 Oh, crap. Maybe I did see this. So I've like, just blocked it out of my memory. This is probably for the best. Uh, so but yeah, this like is, emo Peter Parker. Oh, wait. I don't know. I might have. Mago's so having a this is here. another... Um, it's one of my repressed This memories. is another movie where we have a triumvirate of bad guys. And it's not like it's not like X three where it was like it was like entity and then two bad guys. It is three hard individuals. Actually, let's clarify. Let's say like two point five. It's two hard individuals, and then a harder thrusted third individual, <laughs> like an uncomfortable fist in the butthole individual. Yeah. Okay. Toe for Grace. Really like. Sh- like shoved individual. You know what? I didn't mind Topher Grace. Uh, so so here is. You I, know I what? think I think I it, did mind Topher Grace. In compare, I could see where they were going for it. They needed to be. 
they needed a comparison <laughs> for Toby Maguire and Topher Grace is a good is a good kind of mirror. physical mirror. Yeah. Like uh, that's my problem with Topher Grace and then it, but like the um Sandman. Well, like goblin? Sandman, the the um new goblin. The new goblin, Venom, like Venom like like he put on a lot of weight for Venom and he looked you know buff-esque. Um this is a this is an era movie where we we hadn't seen, you know, like like Hugh Jackman when he came out as Wolverine. I was like, "What?" <laughs> he wasn't uh, Hugh Jackman was, at all. He, he was he was not he was not jacked. Yeah, he was, he was um, not Hugh Jackman. He was, he was, he was lith athletic. <laughs> yeah. And that was what they went with for Spider-Man, and that's what they went with for that Venom. So the physicality of Venom didn't bother me. I didn't mind his depiction of Venom. Um, he did. I not. He was asked to play the Venom. I don't mind his acting it. I mind, again, the this is written during the writer's strike. Yeah. So this is when they were like, hey, let's do a movie. Without writers. But this is a stark difference yeah. than some of the small nuggets so, of potential in the other film. So oh, Meg, yeah, but I mean, like, but this is this is where we get hard into pretty much everybody in this movie is a D-bag with powers. So, Meg. I so, remember Sandman. Yeah, okay, yeah. With that being said. Her face looks so Sand- depressed right now. <laughs> so we have I remember Sandman. Sandman. So real, real quick, let's just list, list the villains again. Uh, so we've got Sandman. We've got uh, Venom, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got the new Goblin, Harry Osborn, which is such the a son. such yes. a smarmy, smarmy James. Franklin. But he's only a bad guy in the first like five minutes of the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he shows up. There's a fight. He gets knocked on the head, and then he Bilbo's it, and he spends most of the movie unconscious until he wakes up and, <laughs> until, he and he's his friend. Bilbo's it. <laughs> I, sorry, every time I think of the Hobbit, it's just <laughs> I got it's knocked on really the head, funny. and they wake up after most of the important shit happens. So, uh, two things. One. I think that the Sandman motivation is like barely there in that the family element, like him going to see his daughter. I was like, okay, now mind you, this was before the Venom reveal. This is before the Goblin situation. When you're watching the film, you get a lot of Sandman early on. And you get that scene where he breaks out and the first place he goes is he goes to to uh, his daughter's house. And there are all these letters that that I can't remember if she had been writing him or he had been writing her that one of the two had kept. And there's a lot of like motivation in which the things I'm going to do, the reason I'm a criminal is because this is the only life that I have to to provide for my daughter. That's the only real motivation that he has for the villain. Now, my concern is the end result is so far beyond <laughs> what that motivation was. It's almost damning. You didn't like Spider-Man versus the mummy. <laughs> I'm fine with Spider-Man versus the mummy. What I'm not fine with is the, is the motivation change. Oh, the, where he's like, Oh, I accidentally killed. Uncle well, ben. Venom's like, uh, what? Oh, what is I that? hate, I hate this line. I know. You um, do. I hate a spider, or you hate a spider, I hate a spider, together we can kill the spider. And yes. I was like, no. It would be, we hate the spider, you hate the spider, together we can kill the spider. Because, and again, this is this is me bringing the comic books into it, but like, then, like, at this point, like, they know that they're two separate entities. The suit thinks for itself, and so does the person. Uh. 
And so Venom always says we because he acknowledges the he existence of the consciousness yeah. of the symbiote. It's two separate entities working together. So in the comic books, he always says we. Not in the comic books, it's three. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and me and we makes three, right? So um, uh, that line, but look, you're right. So he's just, he's like, ah, oh, man, I keep getting foiled. I know if I kill Spider-Man, my day has to get better. Yeah. <laughs> like is, it just, it just, it's a giant it's literally excuse for a Sandman boss Sandman had a bad day is what the book is. Had a bad day It sure like, makes him look like Freddy Krueger a little bit. Yeah. It's the shirt it, from the comics. It's yeah, the shirt from the comics. From it's, the comics. It, his outfit is so easy 1950s. to do. Yeah. They just did it that way. Gotcha. But I think that's my, like, I, I really want to put him in the transfer window, but I can't. In my in my good conscience, do it because his response when Venom in, is in that line, his like I would imagine that Sandman would go, "Well, I really don't want any part of the Spider. Anytime I fought him, he's beaten me. Clearly, it's not going to work. I'm going to take my crime elsewhere. Why don't you do what right. you do? So I don't. You do what you do. I'm going to go kidnap my daughter and go somewhere else. Yeah, I yeah. just I yeah, just right. want my daughter and I want to leave. But it's such like a dark turn that it's just an excuse and, to get to a fight. And then it's the f- the like a very stark flip backwards when he starts confessing to the death of Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's like all these like tears are happening. Right. Yeah. So it, there's there's it just flip flops emotionally. All he's, over like, the he's like I'm. He's like because at first he's like I'm kind of a redeemable guy. I just do crime because I have Can I ask to. A question? Now I'm gonna kill someone. Catch your question. Maybe because of all that, could you make an argument that Sandman is unforgivable because he's just used as an emotional pivot for where they want yeah. the direction? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You yeah. could you could remove him from that movie. And I think it gets better. Yes. Arguably, yeah. though, you could also remove you could also Venom. Remove Venom and the movie gets better. It's better. Um, I but isn't don't the whole movie based off of Venom and how he's taking the whole movie is based yeah. on the symbiote. Not the actual character. Not the actual character. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know if they like. That's a very hard movie to 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 fill with Spider Man, with the without villains, without a bad guy in that. No, I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. Although I'm not gonna, I I would have liked it. Yeah, if it had been, if they just put in random generic villain, or if there had been more new goblin, like Spider Man wearing the new suit fighting the new goblin, like Harry. Legitimately trying to kill Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. trying not to kill Harry and the Venom and symbiote trying, trying to, kill, to Harry. kill Harry. So it's like Harry's going hard at it. Venom symbiote's going hard at it. And Peter's in the middle being like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, but watching that duality of his nature fight against one another. Yeah. And how that strains his relationships. I just don't know how I'd like. I don't know if I can film like how easily I could fill a movie with that. But yeah, I don't know. I would actually put both of them in Unforgivable. I'm not. Yeah, thinking about it, they're both that bad. You could remove either one of them from the movie, and it'd be better movie. Meg, what do you think? <laughs> you kind of remember watching it. It's, uh, and like I said, I've I've repressed this memory for whatever reason you because went. it's coming back in pieces. I felt bad. Like remember, like I I I was going through time hop, and it came up that I remember watching this movie, and I came out of the theater, and I wasn't super angry. <laughs> Like, I remember watching it and nah. not hating it. No, I hated it. Um, as soon as the dancing happened. See, yeah. Ven- <laughs> Venom is a ki- This Venom, I am completely okay putting in Unforgivable because I was angry. <laughs> Sandman putting in Unforgivable, I would, I would feel bad about 
because only because it's, it's he keeps really, crying. It's really bad writing. Yeah, that's ruining a character that, in all honesty, really has no business being in the film. Oh, so yeah. it's even worse because he really shouldn't be in the film, but he's in the film, and then they wrote him terribly. But at the end and of the then day, they tr- the, every every writing piece they gave him was an attempt to make him relevant. Aren't we kind of judging these villains on how they were written anyway? Yeah, yeah. How that, were, that's that's kind of how the, they were presented in the movie. We have to we have to judge them by how well they did, not yeah. by how well they could have. Yeah. So I, I would um, say both of them. And it's unfair to Sandman because he's he is he is a d bag with powers in the comic book. Yeah. Like the only good stories that have come out of him are the ones after he's been an established character for a while. When he's especially the ones where he's tried to redeem himself. Right. Where he's tried to be a good guy. But yeah, I think that's a change for both of us because I think we put them hard in D bag with powers. Correct. Um, but this is D bag with powers, and it's not o- and it's not and it's okay. Not okay at all. Right? Like I feel bad about this. I yeah, like I, the Sandman one, I feel bad. Like I said, the Venom one, say what you will about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I feel pretty bad about that. All right, let's move uh, forward. Movie we just watched recently. <laughs> oh, you got one of three guesses. Punisher Warzone? No. Uh, Spirit of Vengeance? No. Fantastic Four. God damn it. <laughs> Fantastic Four, Rise of the Surfer. Yes. Teletubby Silver Surfer. Just so everyone knows, I did not watch this recently. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the three of us watch this on the bonus episode that comes out at some point. You, you can totally. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, that's a good point. As a side note, as a splitter, just to let you know, for you guys uh, out there listening, next month, you guys will get a bonus episode, and it is a watch-along episode. So you get to watch... A, if you start the movie at the at the same time we start the movie, uh, one of the movies we're doing is Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. So you could start the film, listen to our show, and listen to us give commentary. Oh, my goodness. Listen to us watching the movie with watching you. Watching the movie with you. Sometimes so stunned by the horribleness of the movies that we don't talk at all. <laughs> there are some awkward silences where it's just like, I have nothing to say at this point. <laughs> because I think we're just trying to wrap our heads around what we're seeing. Uh, for the most part, that seems to be the case. Okay. So, uh, so let's go. Uh, with I don't think we even need to read the description for this one. I'm pretty sure we can plot summarize as is. So Silver Surfer um, is the villain. Uh, yeah, kind of. So there's kind of three villains. And oh, Jesus. Okay. There's yeah. so many. Yeah, there's three villains. <laughs> Again, it's the tri-villain. Why? He is, he is a tertiary. Because two worked. Three is better. Oh, my God. He is, he is, a, he is a semi-villain. Okay. Oh, do we put the new goblin anywhere in that? Uh, cause he does, he does it. He does a heel flip, uh, towards the end. I still think he's turn. a D bag with powers. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's James Franco. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like James Franco. I don't at yeah, all. Oh, I love Dave Franco. He's cute. I like his brother more. Dave but... Franco. Uh, cause he was in, uh, the last seasons of scrubs, which isn't the, a very good season, but he's funny. Yeah. He's good. But the new goblin, like. Uh, I don't, for me, he's a D-bag with powers because at no point does his plan make any sense to me other than just revenge. Yeah. Me, kill Spider-Man. I forget who I, I forget what happened. Me, kill Spider-Man. It's funny because when I think of James Franco, I think of like Pineapple Express. I just love that voice. And Seth Rogen. Kill Spider-Man. That's That's how I feel like James Franco talks when he's at home by himself. Okay. I hope well, you know when the next Spider-Man so, film comes out, I'm going to be cast as Tombstone. Now I only think it's going to be my voice. <laughs> 
I only think of James Franco as talking as Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) (laughs) I did not hear her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Mark. Um, (laughs) Hello, Mark. Um, So so anyway, we we have the Silver Surfer. We have Dr. Doom is back, because why not? And we have Galactus. You shut your mouth. Right. So we have so what, an excuse, what, what can be a, a sorry, sorry excuse, excuse for Galactus. For Galactus. Okay. I'm furious about that. So in the movie, <laughs> the Mr. Fantastic and, Re- and Sue Storm are going to get married. They're, they're famous superheroes at this point. They're established. They're going to get married. It's a big press event. And then some weird starts happening around the globe. So the, the Silver Surfer crashes into the planet, and he's just flying around, and wherever he flies around, cosmic energy, that same kind of, like, I think it's kind of insinuated, the same kind of stuff that transformed them, kind of goes haywire and starts making weird anomalous things happen along on the planet. So he's, he's flying around. The government's like, hey, figure out where this is happening and stop it. By the way, the colonel in the film, played by Andre Brower. Captain Holt. Our very Nine-Nine. own. Captain Holt. Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. For Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Love him. Who I forgot was in this film. And I it doesn't redeem him. right now. It, no, it doesn't. it doesn't redeem him much. Unless so, he was Captain Holt in the film, then I would have been, like, uh, really happy. Uh, he's the so best. the Silver Surfer showing up ruins their wedding, and uh, it also causes their powers to go haywire. Well, so only Johnny's. Johnny's, but he, if he touches anybody else that's cosmically powered, they swap abilities. Okay. So except for Doom, but we never see he was encased in metal, so we don't know if it's a skin on skin thing. Yeah. Right? And uh he also had the power cosmic, so yeah, who knows exactly. how he's being affected by that. So um also in his flying around, in the beginning of the last movie, they had melted Doom's skin and made it fuse into made basically made him a solid Doom statue. Um and that was how they beat Doom in the first movie. Well, Silver Surfer flying around wakes Doom up. And it causes his body to fix itself somehow. Okay, got it. Um, and so he's he's that's how he becomes a primary antagonist again. So Silver Surf is flying around. They he's eventually just chilling. He's flying around Earth, just like he's having just, a good time. He's just he's having a good time. Thing, he's know? a surfer, he's causing surfing. causing he's bad surfing. things to happen. Bro, though he's, he's surfing, bro. No, Yo, just hang know. ten, man. Um, I wonder if he ever phased through somebody at any point during his travels. Like, there's like he's phasing through stuff all the time. Like, did somebody phase through his groin? <laughs> like, that's questions. That's, that's questions that's that we need to know. Inquiring like, minds. What happens if he? What if he warped biological matter? Like, he was going through trees it was and ground. Phoenix, and that's was, why she went crazy. Right? <laughs> did was she messing oh, with? Oh, I me? appreciate that a lot. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Um, so I'm learning. Uh, it turns out Silver Surfer. Is a is a herald of a giant um, planet killing space cloud named Galactus. So Galactus goes from world to world, eating the planet and everything uh, on it. and the biological matter on it, so and you he, and then just that he, just moves to another planet to spare it, his own planet. Wait, I'm sorry. Is that what happens in Doctor Strange? No, that's Dormammu. Okay, go on. It's a different character. Um, Galactus. Good thought, though. Thank you. A giant space cloud that likes to eat planets. Very Dormammu-ish. Um, but unfortunately, no. Uh, I would have rather had Dormammu. The Galactus we got is a giant, is a space cloud that moves from planet to planet eating it. It exists in our world, in our universe, and it just moves and goes gobble, 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 gobble. And the Silver Surfer, as his herald, to save him time, finds planets rich in what he's looking for and then basically summons him with like a giant space conch shell. He doesn't actually do that, but that's what I imagine happens. He goes, <laughs> Galactus assemble. Right? 
right? Yeah. And it happens. You both are really good at making those noises. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, Gal- so Galactus is on his way, and he's going to eat the planet. Silver Surfer is, is set up like an, as, a, as an antagonist, but he kind of flips to be a good guy, and he helps them defeat Galactus. Like, they don't actually defeat Galactus. He does. Yeah. Um, Dusex Surfer is what it is. Okay, Deus Ex Surfer. Um, Deus Ex Surfer. <laughs> like, and, um, <laughs> what it is. Uh, and Dr. Doom is... I'm a douchebag, douchebag. Oh douche yeah, he he steals the surfer's powers. Solidify. He just he's like, you're the silver surfer. You're very powerful. Boom! I'm gonna steal those powers, and they literally go, Doom. If you if you don't give the powers back, the world will get destroyed. And, Doom and Doom's goes, like, Man, sorry, don't care. Bro. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like there's leave, literally leave, 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 a line where they say, Doom, you have to give the board back. If you don't. The you the world will be destroyed, and he responds by saying, "Okay, Richards, but you're gonna have to take it from me." Like, <laughs> come on, bro, come on. Oh my god. Um. So. So he stays where he belongs. Uh, well, I think what? we put him in. Um, no, he's in D bag of powers. He's D bag, he D-bag he D-bag could be. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. In this movie. He could be unforgivable. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say so you can take him out of this movie and it only gets better. Ignore the fact that you can take him out of the movie because you're absolutely right. <laughs> my my bigger concern is that they didn't change the character at all. He didn't that learn tells from the me defeat. He learned nothing, nothing from the previous film. He, it's one thing for me to be able to give you credit because you're kind of a douchebag and that's the way they wrote you. It's another thing to be in a second film and be a douchebag because that's the way they wrote you, and it feels like nothing's any different. Like, he, did, he, he like, come on, you have to at least admit that maybe Reed Richards is smarter than you. They maybe got the best of you that one time. He didn't care. He's like, nope. Well, yeah. as far as he knows, he was defeated by the, the hothead jock. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He's throwing uh, tantrums. So, I mean, are, are we... What do we say? I'm going to say unforgivable. Un- Yo, this unforgivable list is a deep-ass lineup, bro. You should have made a whole nother section just you for this. To, yeah. We didn't... Yeah, I think it wasn't as bad the so, first time so we did this. go through why it wasn't as bad before. What, were we, why, why do you think there weren't as many... I think the, I think the criteria maybe changed a little? Uh, I think... Well, we're, we're seeing a lot... What was it? The most recent film then was Civil War. What do you mean? When we did the oh, last when we did it, Civil War. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think Civil War was the most recent movie. And we didn't really have a lot, like, in and the since, era that it was and in. And since then, I mean, you have to think Killmonger, we've had, we've Thanos. We've had nothing but, like, high-level quality to compare them to. Yeah. And so I think it's changing the narrative a little bit. So it's changing the way we're looking at them. Mm-hmm. And so I think we had a lot more D-bags with powers. Um... But looking at it differently and like actually talking about the movies with more than just you and me just kind of uh, geek ejaculating uh, into the microphone. Geek ejaculating. Um, <laughs> yes, we. Uh, when did we? We just did we come jac- up with that word? Geek ejaculate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I'm not gonna lie; it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I think you said that last time too. Yeah, um, and they still don't care. <laughs> I, I think it was last month. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about geek ejaculating. Right. But but basically, Let's say we're it just one more time. Geek ejaculating. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like it makes you feel a bit weird too. Oh, I remember because it makes me laugh. I don't know. you had said you said geekjaculate. Yeah, and I said, wouldn't it be more appropriate to just say geekulate? Geekulate. And no. You said, no, you got to have the jack in it. Yeah, and my response was, 
Very much like the last season of 24, it's no good if there isn't a jacket. <laughs> yeah, and I know about jacking it. Uh, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Oh it's my such God. a good line. It is. It is a good one. I'm proud of you. So, um, <laughs> he's really traumatized. <laughs> I, well, that's what we're doing. We're just like <laughs> traumatizing Jeff. We're just no. We're just we're just jacking it, guys. We're just spewing geek we're out there. Just jacking it. Just jacking just it. Booming. Just, it just it just makes me feel like <laughs> circle makes, geeking. I just right? in my mind I get this image of you being like, I'll be right back, going into the bathroom, and then all of a sudden, comic books. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but that's what happens when I go into the bathroom. Oh my god! I go into the bathroom, and then I uh, stuff happens, and then suddenly there's comic books everywhere. <laughs> Oddly enough, that is close to my bathroom at home. <laughs> There are just comic books and random stacks. So we cannot yeah. go to okay, let's, uh, let's It's stop. a clean bathroom. There's just comic books in it. I don't know. Okay, so let's not let's, good ones, mind you. It's the continue. ones I don't care if they warp. So uh, Silver Surfer, I would put in. Um, I at beginning it was a D bag with powers, and that's okay. But they kind of when he moved into the superhero, it become kind of became like a transfer because they started to go into why he was doing it. I don't think they went into it enough. Because they were just like, to spare my planet, I have to find ones for him. And I was like, did you have a conversation with the space cloud? Was it like a deep conversation? Did you guys like hash this out? Was they, the was the space cloud like, out. I'm going to eat your planet? And you were like, no. Like, there's a conversation there that I kind was of it, wish is, I had Are been there contracts that are signed? Uh, do you have a marketing deal? Like, like, also, at the end of it, Galactus <laughs> made something that could destroy him. Yeah. That's... That's the definition of a bad idea. He like, you're my subordinate. Here's enough power to kill me. If the but entire, where does he transfer to? That's what I don't know. So I don't know if he goes from bad, like, from bad to good, theoretically, because they did go into it a little bit more. Because he does or is he? But I don't know if that's even enough to get him to qualify as a quality. That's what I I'm think saying. That, I think that just kind of bumps him into D-bag with powers, and that's okay. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, hey, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think that's Silver Surfer is D-bag with powers, like, and that's okay. Like, what do you okay. think, Joe? Or, no, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with you that. Guys I had a hard time talking about it until I saw the movie. He also teletubbied at one point. He explained the, the, the previous actions of the film on his, on his reflective stomach. That Teletubbies? Yeah, you know yeah. what Teletubbies? They have like little televisions in their tummies. Sir, he does that. Yeah, yeah. he showed in the on Not his abs. The comic books in this movie. In the no, movie, he plays the it plays the events oh of the beginning, gosh. the prologue of the movie on his stomach. Teletubbies. Um, and then, Woo! and then Galactus. Okay. Yes. Galactus Finish is just a, is just a a d bag with powers, right? Yes. It's fucking unforgivable. <laughs> Who? And I don't you know. know it. I don't know if you if know you, it. I don't know if you remove that movie, that movie becomes better. I think it becomes worse without without the larger antagonist in that with that plot that they made. Like if you were to take Galactus out of that movie, like I don't I don't I don't care about Silver Surfer, and if I don't care about Silver Surfer, I don't care about Doom, which means everything in that movie doesn't matter. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> really Am I happy sad. about that answer? No, <clears throat> but. Um, I'm going to put him in D-bag with powers, but I'm putting him in his name in red because of where he deserves to be, which is (laughs) again, feel free to disagree with me as a room based on that. Jeff, you the only reason I'm furious is because he's a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally a cloud. In the comics, in the comics, he's a physical being. He is a gigantic physical being. Right. He's the last survivor of the previous universe. Yes. 
when so he was the only thing that survived the Big Bang. So when the previous universe collapsed and our universe grew out of it, he was the only thing that survived from from the previous universe. Mm. Um, but Galactus like, hungers, right? The the energy that that it took to keep him alive through it makes it so he needs to feed constantly, and he's so big. The only thing he can eat is the the world, the life energy of planets. What's the cartoon where the character like has like a fart as a friend? Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know why I'm furious. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they made fun of it, and I went, "That's why I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. You know what the next one is, guys? Celebrate, Do rejoice, be ecstatic. What year? Because is we it? are officially out of the Sony and Fox generation of films. We can officially start the, the MCU, MCU with. 2008, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron, Iron Man. Man. So this is moving to a different quick, Venn quick, diagram, before, right? Before you, yes. say, before you say anything else, Marvel Comics, build it in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Did a wonderful job. Guess who hasn't seen Iron Marvel Man? Marvel Studios. You haven't seen Iron Man? No. no. Remember, she hasn't seen... You really remember, should. I, I went like through every movie. me out. No, I, I loved... Uh, I loved when we were talking and she was like, hey, what movies should I watch? And I was like, okay, let, well, let's see which ones have you watched. I was like, I don't know. What movies are there? And I was like, Iron Man? No. Iron Man 2? No. Thor? No. Captain America? No. Avengers? No. These are movies I had to Iron seen. Man, Iron Man yeah. 3? No. Thor 2? No. Captain <laughs> America 2? No. Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, I saw that one. Uh, okay. Uh, Avengers 2? No. <laughs> <laughs> just Ant-Man. over and over and over again. Ant-Man? No. All right, you hadn't seen Ant-Man yet, right? But I, I did see it after. You did see it eventually. Yeah. All right. Uh, Civil War? No. And then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yeah, I saw that one. Just Okay, just, Cat, Doctor Strange? I'm, yeah, I'm, I saw that one. I'm, just just so we're aware, 93% of Google users liked Iron Man. That is correct. 93. Iron Man is no joke. Uh, 2008, Robert Downey Jr., uh, this is the beginning of Kevin Feige's MCU. Now, mind you, Fox and Sony still making films after this point, but this is the beginning of films that we have either covered or discussed or have been a part of the conversation at one point or another. Um, so uh, for the Iron Man movie, uh, did you want to read the synopsis or you just want us to go into it? Because we you. know these movies well enough. Do you want to read the do you want to hear the actual synopsis or I would you rather like- hear our because you're, if you hear us, you're going to hear our tainted, probably. Do you, yeah, I could, we could just read it. I mean, yeah, go ahead, read the song. Sure. Okay. Regale her. <laughs> a billionaire industrialist oh <laughs> and genius inventor, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., is conducting weapons tests overseas, but terrorists kidnap him to force him to build a devastating weapon. Instead, he builds an armored suit and upends his captors. Returning to America, Stark refines the suit and uses it to combat crime and terrorism. All right. Uh, um, I, no- I noticed that they, re- they mentioned not one other actor in the movie. No. Um, so, and so, which is, for it. Which is sad. Well, Jeff Daniels. Jeff, uh, Jeff, Bridges. Jeff Bridges, sorry. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. How dare you? I'm Jeff sorry. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Bridges plays um, Obadiah Stane. Which was um, his he was, like mentor, kind of like his father figure after 20, his father died. Yeah, he, he was his. He was a good friend of his father's, um, and then when his parents were, uh, when his parents died, um, he kind of like helped oversee the company 
until Tony Stark came of age and took control of the company, uh, okay. kind of from him. Um, because it was it was his parents' company. So um, Obadiah Stane is is portrayed as this like very like nurturing father figure kind of thing, and then partway through the movie, it turns out that he was the one that orchestrated the kidnapping of Tony Stark okay. because he wanted to control the company, but they were supposed to kill him. And when they figured out that it was Tony Stark, they were like, ah, we want more money. Right. You you promised us that you you promised us money. You didn't say we were going to be kidnapping one of the the one of the greatest weapons designers on the planet who's worth a crap ton of money. You said we were going to blow up a convoy. Um, so uh, it brings in this whole like dark side of Obadiah Stane and like he still has to kind of play it up for Tony. Like Tony gets removed by the board of directors and it seems like he's like, oh, no, I'm going to go to bat for you. I just need you to lay low. And then he shows up at a party and he confronts him about um, Behind, the, about them, uh, the, their company dealing weapons to overseas terrorists. And he goes, it's it's how we've always made our money. And like, who do you think told the board of directors to pull you? And you find out, yeah, go home, Tony, stay out of my way. Um, so there's this huge, like underhanded, like element to that movie and the plot. And he's just like, I can, if I can recreate the armor that he's made with Iron Man, I can, I can sell this to anybody. And it becomes the most power. Like if I had a one man army corps with a, with a robot suit that made them unkillable, or like indestructible and able mm-hmm. to take down tanks. Tony Stark walked out of an, in a terrorist stronghold un, untouched, unfazed in so, a, in a suit that he made out of a box of scraps. So do you guys think that he's quality then? The well, here's the thing. The problem comes in around dead. the time that he become, that he gets found out. He then makes his own uh, Iron Man suit, but it's bigger and he calls it the, uh, like an Ironmonger suit. Um, and, he f- he eventually just gets into the suit and then just proceeds to boss fight Tony Stark. Like not caring about collateral damage. I'm or, not even or, worried about or that. Or even being seen. Right. My problem is at what point did he think that was going to end well for him? Right. Like he's the he's supposedly the head of a major company. He made a he made a weapon which he then hoped to sell. He then takes said weapon and then fist fights Tony Stark or Iron Man in the middle of the street and then assumes that everything's going to be okay. Like, let's say you win that fight with Tony. How do you spin that where that makes, where like you start selling that overseas and they're not going to be like, like only one person's manufacturing that suit. Mm-hmm. It's you WTF guys. Um, so for me, I think he's hard in transfer. Yes, I, I, I agree. He came he out, started strong out strong and then just turned into a, the shittiest boss fight. Okay. Yeah, like it, it, like, and at the beginning, like, you seriously get no indication that he's a bad person. It is, it makes sense in the plot, but it it is all, it is very jarring. Yeah, to see him go from like this nurturing figure to be like, and it, it is a smooth. He handles the transition so well. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's to, that's the, that's where the quality acting is, you know. Um, but he he goes from this like the first interaction he has, Tony is like talking to him on uh, via like. Um, like a video call, and he's like, so how'd we do, man? How'd we do, Tony? You know, blah, 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 blah. All right, well, I'll see you later, you know? Right before he gets kidnapped. Like, Damn. like it's nothing. 
Um, Savage. Yep. Um, and then there's there's that scene when he's um like he comes back from it and he's talking about like I mean he misses his dad and they're all very chummy. Yeah, and he's like, and it's like, su- like they Tony seem Stark super close. To get, like cheeseburgers right away. He's like, did you bring one for me? Like just like joking around with him. And he like he shields him from PR. Uh, so Tony calls a uh, um, press conference. Press conference, and like he says some weird shit, you know. And immediately Obadiah gets up and he's like, "Well, the important thing is Tony's back and better than ever, right?" So he like shields him. So again, you think, okay, he's on his side. And he does this heel turn, and it's just very well done. I love uh, around the time it starts coming out that he's the bad guy. There's a uh, that the box of scraps, what you, the line you missed is he's trying to recreate the Iron Man armor and he's just like, um, I need, I need to take that and I need to miniaturize yeah, it. Yeah. He needs to miniaturize and the whole power station that Tony Stark has. Tony up. Stark did it to power, um, something that keeps him alive after the terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we can't, it's impossible. He goes like Tony Stark did it in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> And that's where that line comes from. Got it. Um, <laughs> There's but, literally a YouTube video that plays it for 10 hours. Yeah. He's, 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> on loop. It's, um, but it's a beautiful scene. It's so well acted. And it's just so disappointing that eventually just turned into, uh, we're just going to slug fest each other in suits. Although, to, although I do, I do, I do like the point at <laughs> where at one point, like uh, Tony rips out his targeting system. He's like, you ripped out my targeting system, you little prick. Like, I do. There's Even a, when it's the boss fight, he's still like. The, 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 I think as much as I love those scenes, the most disappointing part yeah. is, in my opinion, what is the best scene, which is at Tony's house. Yes. With the, with with the, the, the device. With the earpieces. Yeah. So He uh, paralyzes Tony. Yeah. So Obadiah Sane has this device. He's so good in, uh, to, to Brian's point of, how do I cover my tracks? How do I make sure that I keep my hands out of the cookie jar as much as possible? And so he has a device that he can play next to you. He puts earplugs in and it paralyzes your nervous system. Just shut your body down, essentially. Which, of course, for Tony is catastrophic because he's got something in his chest that's l- keeping him alive. Right. So uh, uh, Tony is... Well, he takes it out. Th- well, that's my point. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, um, th- Tony already has something that's keeping him alive that should it be removed is going to kill him. On top of the fact that in this scene... Obadiah kind of takes this full turn where he goes, you know what? I can't get them to uh, miniaturize this device, not without an example of one. And so I'm just going to take it from you. And so he paralyzes him and then takes this this claw device and shoves it in Tony's chest and twists it around and it just yanks the thing out. It is it is a really sadistic scene. It's like scene. a it's like a torturous scene, mm-hmm. but it's so well done in that this is a way for me to get what I want without getting my hands dirty. And without having to do the work without at all. Without having yeah. to do the work at all because you're not moving and you're going to die here. Ultimately then leading to I need to get my hands dirty so I'm just going to build an entire suit. Yeah. And use well, I don't th- I, again, I don't think he intended to get into the suit himself. He did because he was theoret like he was backed into a corner. Yeah. I would have I but I again, I don't understand where his thought process was. If I attack the government agents and 
uh, fight Tony in the middle of the street, how this will end well for like, me. Like, if he had explained, if he had explained something to where, like, like maybe, I don't know, he'd be talking to himself at that point, but if, if it had been like, well, if I kill all these people and I don't have any witnesses that know where I am, maybe I can, like, try and go to another com- another company or another country and sell this on the black market, uh, you know, get like other scientists or use other resources. But that, that was never put in there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to look too far into it, but yeah, I would think he's hard transition. Yeah. I, um, and I love Jeff Bridges. <laughs> would you put, would you put the 12, uh, the 12 rings in there? No. Nah. Okay. Because I got to be honest, and this is just my personal bias. I watched the film three times. I didn't even notice that the ten rings were in the film until somebody told me, <laughs> and then I had to go back and watch it. it was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, what, and okay. what I hated was that it felt like they built up that dude to be like, like he was going to be the Mandarin, and then they just whitewashed him. No, I'm just kidding. Huh? Um, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, so the next one, The Incredible Hulk, the same summer. In 2008. More Hulk. Eddie Norton. Ed Norton. Do you Eddie's like Ed Norton? Edward Norton. Yeah. You like him? Isn't he in a lot of Wes Anderson movies? No, I don't know. Sure. Let he was in on. Fight Club, though. Fight Club? Yeah. He's Blew in, his own brains He's out. in a lot of well, Wes Anderson films. Jaw, really. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Norton's nice. Eh, I'm indifferent. I thought he did okay. I mean, I he's like good, him he's in good. the quirkier films. He's, he's good in some movies. He's not in others. This is uh, something completely different. Ed Norton was originally supposed to be the mainstay in the MCU. He was supposed to be your Bruce Banner. I don't see that. Ooh, well, Marvel didn't see it either. <laughs> neither, neither did he, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, Incredible Hulk 2008. Uh, it's an interesting film, to say the least. Uh, we retread a lot of, a lot of ground. Yeah, uh, made $263 million, uh, directed by uh, Louis... Le Terrier. Wait, is there another Hulk movie then after this? No, no. this is the movie movies, that killed Hulk movies. There are movies with Hulk in them. Wait. Yeah. Ragnarok. Wait. Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Was, besides Infinity War. Was the because was he, Edward Norton wasn't in. Correct. Okay. Yep, you'll see. All right. We'll get into Go it. on. So. June 13th, 2008, this movie uh, is right after uh, Iron Man. Uh, it features a end movie scene, I guess would be the way to this. Not really a post credit scene uh, that does feature uh, Tony Stark. Uh, it is which, the first example of connective tissue uh, in the MCU. Exactly. This is the idea in which the Ed Norton's Hulk was meant to be a part of the MCU. But there was a problem. They didn't really like working with Ed Norton because Ed Norton wanted to direct his own film. Uh, uh, and they said, well, that's probably not going to happen. If we're not going to let Robert Downey Jr. do it, we're not going to let you do it. <laughs> uh, and then he backed out. But in this film, uh, scientist Bruce Banner desperately seeks a cure for the gamma radiation that contaminated his cells and turned him into the Hulk. Cut off from his true love, Betty Ross, played by Liv Tyler, and forced to hide from his nemesis, General Thunderbolt Ross, this time played by William Hurt. Also very good. Banner soon comes face to face with a new threat, a supremely powerful enemy known as the Abomination. Abomination. Tim Roth. Um, question. Go. Query. Uh, is is this is this supposed to be connected to the previous Hulk movie? No, no. Because so originally when it came out, some some people said, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's just they kind of 
gloss over what happened previously, but so the this movie is actually inspired by the TV show. Okay. So the the early scenes where he's in the chair and you see the reticle lining up with his face. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. And the flashback elements they show are supposed to be very reminiscent of the old. Um, Think like Superman sad walking. Returns. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be like very reminiscent of the sad walking Bruce. <laughs> yeah, the the him hitchhiking at the end of every episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Incredible okay. Hulk show. Gotcha, um, gotcha. that had uh, David Banner, and I think there's a point where he. They, they allude to that, too. And Bruce David Banner is his name now. Um, so um, so the, the villains in this, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, again, and the Abomination. The so, again, Abomination. a retread with Thunderbolt Ross, a different Thunderbolt Ross. A better. A better Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. I loved Sam Elliott as Thunderbolt Ross. William Hurt? I'd sleep with William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But no, he is. I feel like that's the, one, the only the step one you, of progression you could go. This is the one you bring home to mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so the previous Thunderbolt Ross you mess around with. This Thunderbolt Ross. Actually, though, my. my <laughs> this is the one you bring home. Sadly enough, my mother would probably prefer that Sam Elliott come to the house. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not about what your mom wants. It's about how comfortable you are bringing William Hurt back to your mom. So. Um, uh, the I think Tim Roth did an amazing job as the abomination in this. Um, it was the 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 idea was they kind of they said that basically it's like a super soldier pro- program. It's like we're going to inject you with this. It'll make you faster, stronger. It'll make it so you could physically go potentially go physically toe to toe with the Hulk for a short period of time. Um, and he and they t- they talk about it. They say he's getting he's a career military man. He's getting up in years. He's not someone you're going to put behind a desk. He 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 doesn't want to. That's not the way this particular person wants to live. He wants to keep being in the field as long as he can. That's what he's used to. That's what he wants to do. And he's skilled, but his his physicality is eventually going to decline. And that's what this particular guy is afraid of. I think that's uh, uh, Tim Roth's yeah, character. He's afraid of growing old and being irrelevant. Yep. Huh. Um. I and 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 William Hurt's. Uh, so Thunderbolt Ross preys on that. Right. It gets more than he bargained for. Um, I, I, I'm basically like uh, it, the there's a side effect and Thunderbolt Ross brings it up. As soon as you seem to go off the reservation, I'm pulling the plug. Like as soon as you're not following orders, because apparently using this, whatever it does, causes the people to go um, to become more aggressive, less inclined to following orders, um, which is why he went with like a hard military guy. So um, they set up early that he was he was basically going to start disobeying mm-hmm. uh which yeah. causes it basically he sees the hulk and he's like i want some of that like i want whatever that is whatever makes whatever lets that scientist puny dude turn mm-hmm. into that thing that's what i want right um so he partners with a guy and he gets himself dosed with gamma radiation similar to what well i bruce think they even use blood samples from bruce banner so that so th- yeah. there was a scientist that bruce banner was talking to to try and cure himself and um, and uh, this he's kind of like uh, like you at first you think, oh, he's a cool dude. He's going to help Bruce Banner out. It winds up being just like, I like science for science. Don't care if it's good or bad. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, sure. So like Schweinling. he he's like, but I like uh, he even talks like he says to Tim Roth's character, I don't know what you have in you already. I don't know how this will affect you. And Tim Roth's like, I don't care. You could be an abomination. 
you could be an abomination. And that's uh, literally what he turns it to. So, the... Hmm. If we're saying Tim Roth, I... Is he quality? I, he definitely starts off quality. But it turns it, into a boss fight. It kind of turns into a boss fight, uh, but then, but it was intentionally that. Like, they yeah. set it up that that was going to happen. I mean, from the like, beginning. Like, he was going to go crazy, he was going to go off the reservation, and he was going to want to to do the, it basically it makes you more aggressive like they set it up when he when he confronts the hulk and the hulk just like kicks him and breaks like, like half the bones he, in his right body. he's just like you need you need to back down get away from the hulk and he just steps up to him like chest thumps almost and goes bring it and the hulk just like kicks him and you just see his uh. body go flying across so it makes him very confrontational and very aggressive to the point annoying. of like um but it's set up in the character. Like, it's the way it was designed. And they, they set it up plot-wise very well. So I, I think it's still quality, okay. but it's almost transfer. Well, so it's a, it's, a tough, it's a tough call. But I would say, I would say quality, just because of, yeah. of the plot. The effort they put in the plot to set up the fact that it was going to be an element in the, in the movie. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think, Diamond? Um, I think... In a movie like The Hulk, what else are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like, literally the whole point of the movie was them trying to capture The Hulk movie. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen at the end of a Hulk movie? It's a punch-out. It's a punch-out. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to have... <laughs> Hulk smash! You're not going to have yeah. Civil War where your villain attempts to outsmart you and then go into a well, philosophical... So the fun bit was, I think they were trying to set that up with a leader. Absolutely. Um, Samuel, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, Stearns. Yeah, Samuel Stearns, that they were setting up the leader. I think the next one was going to be in it, what what it looks like for a, like an intellectual versus the Hulk. Like, at, at what point does brains beat brawn or yeah. vice versa? That sounds terrible. Yeah. I think there's uh. ways to write that well. I don't know if they would have done it well, but I would um, hope that the MCU did it. So Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, Quad. I mean, they, they set him up. Uh eventually like he's just like oh man i was wrong yeah like there's not a lot of there's not a lot they don't go into it very much so i'd say transfer like i i get what he's doing in the beginning and then at the end of it he just kind of he just kind of goes oh i'm sorry (laughs) and then he's still an asshole so like if if we had seen the entire journey from him to the the one that appeared in civil war yeah i would say quality Mm -hmm. but him to the end of that movie thunderbolt transfer He's like, okay, I want to militarize the Hulk. I'll do whatever I have to to get the Hulk. I'll abuse whoever I have to to get the Hulk. Yeah. It's what I'm going to do. I will ruin my relationship with my daughter to get the Hulk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I, the third search is Pizza Hut. <laughs> Sorry. What? You were, uh, Punisher. you were typing in Punisher and like yeah. <laughs> Pizza like Hut Punisher. came up. <laughs> Punisher Warzone is the next one. Punisher? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't uh, think I know this one at all. You, it's best Most you people don't. don't. It's best it was a super don't. low release. So Punisher Warzone. Uh, one of the few Marvel movies that did not make its money back, right? Not even close. Not, not even close. close. Right, right. So, 20 million so, short of its budget. Yeah, 20.4 million, 20. million ah, below its budget. Ouch. Yes. So this was one of the movies we watched as well. Yes, so uh, we watched much uh, to my Punisher 20, War Zone. 20 24.9. Which, uh, uh, who had not seen Punisher War Zone? 
Oh, no, I had. He hadn't. Side, side, had, side not. had not seen Punisher Warzone before. So uh, we did another we did another watch along episode. Okay. Watching Punisher Warzone. Right and that had to have been too. funny. And it was bad. Uh so there was th- this I think had the most amount of just like I don't know how to react to this. <laughs> like it was just it had was, the most of silence of us just kind of going uh, so this uh I'll I'll read I'll, I'll go read ahead, the synopsis and not in a silly voice. It doesn't deserve it. <laughs> um, Frank Castle, a.k.a. You the Punisher, Ray Stevenson, turns the streets of New York City red as he wages a one-man war against the crime syndicate responsible for the death of his wife and two kids, which they, you never really get that it's the exact same syndicate. Aided by his trusted sidekick, Microchip, Wayne Knight, he almost kills Newman, <laughs> Newman Billy Rosati, <laughs> Dominic West, and leaves him horribly disfigured. Billy renames himself Jigsaw, and with the help of his crazed brother, Looney Bin Jim, recruits criminals from every corner of the city to do battle with Frank. To do battle. So, the villains, uh, Looney Bin Jim and uh, Jigsaw. Uh, So, give me Castle. Castle's mine. Literally, that's how they talked. So, they took. Oh my God. They took the, the amount of shitty New York gangster accents so in this bad. film. Oh, Castle's mine. <laughs> Castle's mine. You give me Castle. I hate it. Uh, it was I hate so it. The accents alone make this tough. So, so Jigsaw. I feel like they tried to go with that, like, like a like a mental breakdown into like a Joker esque type thing, and they just really went overboard with Wait, it. But none of these characters really have powers, right? Yeah. They're kind yeah. of so, just like fighting. Well, Personalities. Jigsaw supposedly just lost the ability to feel pain. Yeah. Like something or, or something happened where he was just he's just messed up and he just doesn't care about the damage that happened to okay. him. And then his brother is just crazy. Got it. And loves to and eat kids. That's why his name people. is Looney Bin Jim. Yes. Right? Got um, it. Real creative. Again, it's one of those times I have a hard time mentally. Engaging. Justifying like where the Joker's plan made sense for the character. And the, like the closest physical corollary to this movie is the dark Knight, Right. Um, and it even appeared, it almost feels like they were attempting to make a Batman movie and that they were just like, okay, instead of Batman, we have Punisher. Instead of Batarangs, we have guns. And instead of Joker, we have Jigsaw. <laughs> Everybody wins. I can't, I can't hear the word Jigsaw. And then instead of hyenas, saw. we have, Looney Bin Jim, right? So they just swap those elements out. Um, but like the the Dark Knight, the Joker, kind of the, his motivation makes sense. He's crazy. Yeah. He wants to prove that life's a joke. Um, and death is the punchline, basically. And back in the middle of the film, Jigsaw attempts to recruit uh, 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 criminals to fight against the Punisher. And he does so to the theme of of the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. With an American flag waving America. behind him while he's wearing what looks like a Michael Jackson jacket. <laughs> yes. And it just. Uh, when, he, when he's meeting with a bunch of Italians. You know what I would say? I'd or say. Russians. I don't know. Uh, for, uh, uh, I think it's just gangs. Just like street just gangs. Gang members. Uh, I would say. That Irish Jamaican dude. 
remember that? <laughs> oh god, Irish it was a, it was a Rastafarian that had like an Irish accent. It was very weird. Like hard uh, Irish. So combine the Joker from um The Dark Knight with the Joker from the original Batman 1983 or Jack Nicholson or 84? 84. 84. Jack Nicholson. Combine those two together in the worst way possible oh. and this is kind of what you have on the screen here with Jigsaw. Oh gosh. Like I could see Jigsaw listening to Prince and dancing around. I want to see what this dude looks like. It's terrible. It's yeah, look bad. up Jigsaw Punisher Warzone. It's terrible. Yeah. It's bad. Um so I I <sighs> Looney Bin Jim is unforgivable. <laughs> yes. That movie only gets better cuz he's not in it. Jigsaw is a D-bag like with powers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was a pretty boy. So the character's uh, mental breakdown is supposed to come from the fact that he is in he the, was he was the most attractive person in like the gang. He was a very in the first 10 minutes of the movie. He looks at himself in every reflective surface. He looks like a lizard mixed with Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lizard. Oh, so apparently in the movie, it's because <laughs> they had you. to use animal Thank you skin. for that class. Of <laughs> lizard, lizard Stein. Stein. Look at Baron that. von Lizardstein. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so Baron. but it was supposed to be such a stark transition from the vain, pretty boy that he was to this broken figure that's in front of you, and that was supposed to be why his mental de- deterioration happened as big as, as much as it did. Now, for Jigsaw, I f- I would say he's a d bag with powers, and that's okay because that's what they designed him to be. But they kept hinting at something more almost like Joker-esque from the Dark Knight kind of thing, and then they would just wouldn't go into it. Like, if he was going to bring, if he was going to do that weird American thing with that meeting with the gangsters, I wanted, like, to overblow it. Like, you have a problem with America, and then basically just, like, kill one of the dudes or something. Yeah. Like, if if he did that to antagonize them, which is the only thing that makes any sense to me, I don't, I didn't feel that. Um, I would say he's almost unforgivable um, you could literally have no neither sorry. of those you could literally have neither of those villains in that movie and you would still have a punisher movie because all it's about is all <laughs> is him killing ki- criminals him killing criminals <laughs> i don't know if you'd have a movie you would just have a long form like documentary of him killing people <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on Dateline NBC. The Punisher, <laughs> the Punisher kills, kills people. Kills everyone. everyone. The, the scene with the chandelier when he's just spinning. Oh, so bad. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. Wait, 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 wait. Is The Punisher a good comic, though? Uh, yes. So this okay. that run you're looking at, the Marvel Max series, uh, yes. was in, was a was a pretty good con- storyline. It was around the time that they really owned the fact that in the in the comic books, uh, similar to like certain other characters, um, they don't address the society societal issues that come about with having a combo character that does what they do. So like Punisher runs around and he kills bad guys. In the comic books, they're just kind of like, "Hey, Punisher, stop doing that!" But hey, let's team up. Um, and it's very kind of weird. In the Punisher Max series, they painted him as a very dark superhero. He's not someone superheroes work with because he kills people. And, and he has a, issues. And he has mental issues because Wait. he kills people. I feel like I see that T-shirt all the time. He is a very popular comic book, and people love skull graphics. 
So, Dis- I, so there, I, I, there, were, there were police stations that actually got in trouble because they were displaying the Punisher skull on something, uh, which is not great if you're police officers. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot. True. I, w- I would guess most people that wear that shirt probably have never touched a Punisher comic. Okay. Okay, cool. I would say it, it, a majority of those people have never read a Punisher comic. All right. Um, I'd say there's a fair amount, probably more than your average one. Like I know a whole bunch of people that have Wolverine t-shirts that have never read a Wolverine comic. Uh, I'll be honest. I wouldn't probably wouldn't wear a Punisher shirt. Not because I dislike the character, but it's just not a comic to read. Um, I'm not. Yeah. 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 It, it, there are good Punisher comics. I've read a few of them, but they're, they're few and far between for me. I just don't like that level of sheer violence. Um, the art is usually the reason that I read it. So, Um, so let's move on. So moving on to our next movie, one of the most maligned ever. In my uh, opinion. Let's take a moment because to cry. I know this is a tough moment for a lot for one of us for props. Yeah, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy movie for me. This is not Why? an easy movie for me. I either. I love Wolverine is my favorite combo character hands down. Um, I've said it before. I said it during it our. Again. I'll say it again. He was the first comic book I bought. At, with my own money, um, he was the first comic book I got. Like, um, he's, I had Wolverine posters, I had Wolverine toys. He's the only character that's even that's above Wolverine for me is Optimus Prime because Optimus Prime got me through being in a hospital when I was four years old. Oh, right. So that's the only reason that's Optimus so Prime's cute. above him. So I'm a Wolverine booster. I'm a Wolverine booster, and I hated this movie. Okay. Uh, which really disappointed me because I was really looking forward to liking this movie. Uh, and we're, of course, referring to X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, which was supposed to start an entire line of X-Men Origins movies mm-hmm. when we were going to go into like Magneto after Auschwitz. Um, I think they kind of <laughs> took those the, the, those storylines and kind of pivoted and created the X-Men first class um, idea once they kind of figured out that people didn't want what they were doing. Mm. Um, and decided to pivot direction. Damn right they did. <laughs> um, but X Men Origins Wolverine has um two, we'll say three villains again. The kind of Liv Schreiber, as uh, Sabretooth, um, the new Colonel Striker, but he's not a Colonel at that point. I think. Nope. Captain Striker, um, and Deadpool. You uh, shut your mouth. I don't like calling that Deadpool any more than you like hearing it. Wade Wilson. Thank you. He is Wade Wilson in that movie. Just call him Weapon 11. <laughs> That's what they called him. Uh, poor, Phantom. Uh, poor Phantom X. Uh, um, May 1st, 2009. This movie came out. It was directed by Gavin Hood. $150 million in the budget. $373 million in the box office, including $11.25 from props. Uh, went to go see the film all of one time. What I'm assuming. I have seen every X Men movie at least more than X X three. I only saw once, but like ever seen every other one at least two or three times in theater. And this movie I only saw I saw once, and I regretted the once. Seeking solace from his dark past, Logan, better known as Wolverine, seems to have found love and contentment with Kayla Silverfox. Logan's peaceful existence is shattered when Victor Creed, played by Leave Schreiber, his vicious brother brutally murders Kayla. 
Logan's thirst for revenge propels him into the Weapon X program, where he undergoes a painful procedure to bond his bones with adamantium, making him virtually indestructible and more than a match for Victor. Um, so yeah, so in this movie, um, the guy on the right, Liv Schreiber, is Sabretooth, his brother, who has a very similar power set. They both heal, they both age really slowly, they've been alive since the, early, the late 1800s, and they lived the to look like this in the 1980s, um, which is when the movie takes place. Gotcha. So, um, but he has like long claws that are um, like very animalistic and teeth. Very similar. Wolverine on the other hand has bone claws that come out from between his fingers. Um, and has more of like the animalistic hair. Yes. Um, I never really got like, and it happens in the comic books and they've kind of addressed it. The fact that his hair always grows back after his healing factor kicks in to a certain length and then goes, nah, I'm done. (laughs) So like he could be completely like blown up. And then like a scene later, he has all his hair and it's at the exact length it was before. (laughs) Um, So Liv Schreiber apparently chose that for his hair length. He decided to change it in X1 when he let it grow out. Again, I don't really know how that works for them, but whatever. Um, he also had, he, he regrows the facial hair in the exact same yeah. level. Uh, the other supervillain is when we're, fi- we're first introduced to um, Stryker from X2, and he was apparently part of the Weapon X program that created Wolverine mm. and the early research into mutants, which apparently was fueled by his son being one. I'm not sure if that's before his wife dies or after, that, that this movie uh, this happens? is like immediately after because okay. his son is frozen. He uh, doesn't know yeah. what to do with his son. That's right. And so the, like it, 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 we get a little more context into the situation and the immediate reactions. Um, but it's a little more it's a little more twisted. Right. So we expected Stryker to have a certain reaction to the fact that his son has just you know, manipulated his wife into killing herself. But that's like his immediate reaction isn't somber or, or depression. It's this weird twisted, uh, mutant manipulation kind of scenario, which I find to be very interesting. But in terms of striker, like the striker's okay. I don't think he, there's not a moment where I don't like him in the film. Uh, I didn't. I didn't dislike Stryker. I didn't. I didn't dislike yeah. Liv Shriver. I felt their motivation was a little like Liv Shriver's motivation was a little bit weird. Like, again, how it's just Logan. Like, it's, his entire motivation is just. I don't like. I I'm angry at you. <laughs> That's pretty much. He's just. He's angry at his brother. Right. And I don't really feel like they went into it enough. To well, they established that. Um, there's a line that he keeps saying. It's like, hey, we're always together. Like, for them, it's a little different. The entire beginning of the movie, they fought wars together. They, like, yeah, like they were, they, you're right. Everything they, they everything did, done together. they did together. And when Logan went and found happiness, quote unquote, um, I don't really know what the motivation was for Leif Schreiber to, or at least I can't remember, what the motivation was and why he would kill Silver Fox. Silver Fox. Now, mind you, quote unquote, it all ends up being a ruse anyway. Uh, to, I think if I remember correctly, Leif Schreiber's character is hired 
by Stryker to fake kill Silver Fox to motivate Logan into joining the Weapon X program that he originally declined when Stryker approached him in the first place because they did work in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then he uses him to collect the mutants abilities that he wants yeah. for Deadpool. So uh Sabretooth's character is essentially the gatherer of mutants for Stryker. He's a henchman. Yeah. Pretty much. Which uh, like I would put Sabretooth in the transfer window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that eventually yeah. just turns into a boss fight at the end of yeah. it. Yeah. There's, there's some, I, I wish they had gone into more in that fight. And he was just like, why'd you do it? And he was just like, cause we do everything together and you abandoned me. Yeah. But they didn't go into that enough. And then it just turned into them just punching each other at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, so Sabretooth striker, I'd say D bag and that's okay. Cause they don't really go into his motivation at all. We're reading into it from another movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't carry it over well enough to. He's he's just the thing that created Deadpool. Um, Deadpool, on the other hand, I'm not like I want to say unforgivable. Deadpool's the villain in this. So have you seen the Deadpool movies? Um, with uh, Ryan Reynolds. So I caught like the ending of the second one. Okay. So this is nothing like them. Okay. So Deadpool okay. in this one, it starts off where he's Wade Wilson. He looks like Ryan Reynolds, and that's very much like the way the the Deadpool that's in those movies. And at the end of the movie, they sew his mouth shut. They give him a whole bunch of random powers and they say, he's Deadpool, uh, uh-huh. which is almost completely at odds with the character in the comic books. Right. Yeah. In the comic books, he's called Merc with a mouth and they literally take his mouth away. Cool. Yep. Because that's, you know what we do to characters. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Unforgivable. I, like, I just don't know if I if if we remove him from the movie that the movie gets noticeably better. Um, I know he's a d bag with powers. I I I I feel like if the end of the like I don't know if if they had focused on the saber Wolverine fight, I think that movie would have gotten better. So yeah, I'd probably yeah. say unforgivable. Unforgivable. Just show Wade Wilson and then have him be the next movie. Yeah. And uh, and here's the thing, like uh, X-Men Origins I, Deadpool or just whatever next if they were going to do like if they had done um, the Wolverine and it had been OK, uh, little did you know what you were fighting Liv Shriver, they were experimenting on me to make another you and it worked. I don't age, but I look like this spaghetti factory uh, <laughs> And uh, that's what, that's part of what the Wolverine was instead of that weird silver samurai thing. Wolverine's trying to kill himself and Deadpool just goes, I want to kill you, too. Mm. But I'm going to make it fun. Yeah. Buddies. Right. You know, like he's trying to snipe him from a distance and he goes, you just see like the bullet clang off the head. And, and he, he just goes, waves and he waves and he goes, I didn't think that would work, but I thought it was worth a try. Peace. Or and like at like, some point they do a team up because he's like, they can't kill you. I have to kill you. Right. Honestly, the Wolverine. Keep the Silver Samurai plots. And then have a scene where Deadpool with his katanas are fighting off ninjas with katanas. That would have been... Actually, that, that actually sounds Su- super cool. Could you imagine the, the uh, bullet train scene with Deadpool as well? 
I can say I I I think that's 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 how I would have redeemed the bad guy in the Wolverine too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would put I would put the Deadpool from X Men Origins. Unforgivable. So if you want to put X O. Mm-hmm. Uh, as unforgivable. Looney Ben Jim Deadpool and Deadpool. <laughs> Hate that name. <laughs> Looney Ben Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's pretty bad. Uh, I would as uh, step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> also bad. All right, next film. Go ahead and pick it up. All right. <laughs> With the world now aware that he is Iron Man, billionaire inventor Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., faces pressure from all sides to share his technology with the military. He's reluctant to divulge the secrets of his armored suit, fearing the information will fall into the wrong hands. With Pepper Potts, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Rhodey, Ro- and Rhodey Rhodes, that's what? Rhodey Rhodes, Don Cheadle by Rhodey his side. Rhodey Rhodes. Tony must forge new alliances. Did and you say Tony? Tony. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Thank you for that. Tony must forge new alliances and confront a powerful new enemy. Tony Stank. Rhodey Rhodes. That's I think they say and Rhodey. And Rhodey. Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, well, they didn't there mention be Rhodes a comma. earlier. You know, like. James Wait, Rhodes. So. Rhodey, James Rhodes. You're right. They should have. Uh, so in this movie, they don't talk anything about the villains, which kind of sucks. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you can count Hammer as a villain. <laughs> comedic relief. He's more of like a comedic relief. He's the he's the financial backing to the true I bad mean, guy. he's yeah, he's the. He enables. He's villain. an antagonistic element, but I don't think he's a villain. He's a MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, so in this movie, uh, um, uh, Whiplash. Whip Banco. What was his last name? Vanco. Vanco. So uh, Whiplash, um, his father helped create the arc reactor technology that went into Tony's chest that keeps him alive, that mm-hmm. allows him to power his armor. Throughout the movie, he Tony is saying... No one is even close to creating an Iron Man armor. I have privatized world peace. If anyone if anyone messes with anybody, I'll show up and I'll put it down. Because no one can take me on my because, best day. Right, because nobody can take me on my best day. I can take down your fighters. I can take down your tanks. I can take down everything. Your I make the matter. world's best technology, and I have made it better, and I have made it mobile, and I've made it me. If you attempt to fight anybody, I'll put it down. Right. And the... One of the elements is they're like, we believe you should turn this this technology over to the government. Nope. It should not be in the hands of a private citizen. But could you imagine? Like, could you imagine that the government would be cool with um, if I made that suit and suddenly I was just like, y'all can't touch me. I'll put you down if you do. Well, no, obviously not. Right, and but- so that that's the response in the movie is the government goes, we want that suit. It should not be in the hands of a private citizen. Yes, it's- and Tony's argument is that. You can't have it. It's part of me. And he made it. Yeah, and that is part of him because the arc reactor helps keep him alive. Right. He's like, I'm not. I are one. Right. He's like, I am Iron Man. You can't take that. You can't take that from me. Yeah. And he goes, and it doesn't matter because no one's even close to replicating Iron Man. So it's not like you have to defend against one. Yeah. It's it's just me. Well, he's he's. At He's the same in there. time, at the same time, Vanko is ta- it makes his own arc reactor as well, a personalized one, and then attacks Tony, showing that the level of technology that Tony has achieved is replicatable on a scale by someone that isn't Tony. So, uh, 
Tony still wins. He manages to defeat Vanko with the help of, um, I think he just does it, right? He uses the, the he, mobile the brief, suit. Yeah, the, the briefcase, briefcase suit, which is and, still and, one of my and, favorite and, moments in cinematic history. Fair enough in, in that uh, his his uh, driver does crash his car into Vanko. That's what I was thinking. It was like... Multiple uh, times. Right, like <laughs> happy. Uh, happy happy Hogan. Uh, John Favreau. John man- Favreau, the director. Manages to, to do that. So he, he beats him, but uh, Vanko starts working for Hammer and then takes the technology that Hammer was trying to win contracts since Tony is out of the business game, out of the armor game, or the, the military game, yeah, and tries to get... Uh, Vanko to make him armor. It succeeds, but Vanko turns the ch- turns the tricks on him, and then uh, uses the armor to try to kill Iron Man because he wants to basically avenge his father's death. Yeah, um, well, killing himself yeah. because he was relegated to destitution. Yeah, he for, was sent back to Russia. Um, yeah. But he he did some not so good stuff, so it was deservedly. Yeah, um, and, and Vanko himself uh was like a smuggler and like stole weapons grade plutonium and stuff like that um and the thing is the actor who played him mickey rourke mickey rourke did a lot of research for this role yeah like accents tattoos like wanted to seem like a russian i want my board i want my board Mm -hmm. i want my board um who do you make him quality then I'd say transfer. Transfer. There's a reason for it. His character. uh, So one of my favorite scenes in any of the MCU movies is Whiplash coming on there and seeing he essentially takes the arc reactor instead of building a suit. He builds these whips that are electrically charged and they can chop through almost anything. Like there's a car there and he just chops through. And he really messes up Tony Stark's mobile mobile Iron Man suit. Yeah. Uh, my disappointment was that at the end, he wasn't Whiplash. He was in an eye, arguably in what looked to be an Iron Man suit with, with whips. Whip. With uh, an open helmet. With an because, open helmet. Because every boss fight, you have to see the villain's face. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of my frustration was like, it was my issue with Ironmonger in the first film. And they just did the same thing in the second film. Like, I liked it when he was doing it remotely, and it seemed like he thought he could get away with it. Like, he was like, I'll kill Iron Man, and I'll be free. I'll take Hammer's technology, and I'll take his money, and I'll just go off. I'll get my revenge on Iron Man, and then I'll go free. But in this, like, it boiled down to, I'm going to go here, arguably maybe beat Iron Man. But at that point, like, that spectacle will draw a lot of attention and shield if existed at this point, right shield yeah. existed like people people kind of know about shield but for me it's that moment where it's just like uh if if iron man got away with it because he was being a good guy take a bad guy in an iron man suit and the governments are going to come at you with everything mm-hmm. yeah like i don't think there's any situation where that plot makes any sense on the bad guy's point and that's why just the boil it boils down into a boss fight yeah ivan benko I'm like, I agree. I think I think it's transfer, and it's disappointing too because it started so strong. Yep, it started so uh, strong. I think Mickey Rourke actually said that um, he was disappointed with how the script went too. Like he had done a lot of research and things that he himself wanted to add into the film for the character, and he was told no. And a big part of that is this is the second Iron Man movie. We're still not the juggernaut 
movie franchise that in, it eventually came to be in Infinity War. So they weren't, it wasn't like do whatever you want. Yeah. If it was someone like Robert Downey Jr. who said, hey, I want to do this, they're going to say yes. Right. Because he's got he's going to be in multiple movies. They trust him. This guy's a, a one-off villain. They're not, probably not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. 2011. We got a jam-packed year in 2011. <laughs> and we're yeah. reaching... We're reaching familiarity. We're getting there. We're getting close to the end of at least this One part. One of, of my favorite villains. Was this 2011? This is 2011. Yeah. Iron Man 2 was the only comic book film to be released in 2010. Huh. So 2011. So there was no, no, no movies in 2009? For MCU? 2009 was uh, Wolverine. No, for the MCU, though. Nope. Okay. All right. So who wants to read it? I'll read it. As the son of Odin, Anthony Hopkins, king of the Norse gods, Thor, Chris Hemsworth, will soon inherit the throne of Asgard from his aging father. However, on the day that he is to be crowned, Thor reacts with brutality when the gods' enemies, the Frost Giants, enter the palace in violation of their treaty. As punishment, Odin banishes Thor to Earth, while Loki, Tom Hiddleston, Thor's brother, plots mischief in Asgard. Thor, now stripped of his powers, faces his greatest threat. So Iron Man 2 was May 7th, 2010. Mm-hmm. So you're, but you were saying it's 2011. No, this is 2011. Thor oh, okay. is 2011. Okay. Thor is May, May 2nd, 2011. May 2011, yeah, because we went to this instead of Mother's Day. Or we went to this for Mother's Day because my mom wanted to go see it. Yeah. $150 million in the mom. budget, $449 million in the swear. box office. He is hot. <laughs> so <laughs> and they they There's point that out. Of Thor. They, they they point that out in this movie. Yeah, to look at that face. Zoom in. It's like actually, it's kind of a weird picture. It looks kind of creepy. Honestly, do you, do you need a moment? No, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so <laughs> so let's, he's like, I've already got my rocks off. You can move on. Let's talk about. <laughs> I believe the term you're looking for is geek ejaculate. Ejaculate. Did you Let's, just ejaculate a little bit? Oh, now it's weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm you on, get it. I'm you on your it. side now. Yeah. Comic books. <laughs> Comic books. Um, I haven't so seen Thor, by the way. Let's talk about the villain. <laughs> so the main villain of this movie is Loki. He's the villain. Yes. yes. Okay. He is Thor's brother? Okay. Very um, confused. Loki. Loki. Uh, yeah, because you've seen uh, Avengers and you saw Ragnarok, right? No, I you haven't see seen Ragnarok? either of those. I saw you saw you saw Avengers three, right? No, yeah. Oh, you didn't go see Avengers three with us? No. Infinity War? Yes. Oh. Yeah, Avengers three is Infinity War. Oh, you can't call it that. You know, I don't know what that means. So anyway. <laughs> my bad. Wow. So, so, so anyway, <laughs> but Avengers three Infinity War is uh, in Rag. We we see his character flip flop a whole bunch of times. Yeah, but in this movie, uh, he's portrayed as a. His brother, who believes Thor is an inadequate um, successor to the throne of Asgard, and he believes he should be him. And in the process of doing that, he finds out that he's actually not Asgardian at all. He's a frost giant. Ah. And. Um, Which shakes his belief in whether his father even cares for him. Gotcha. Right. So is this the reason why I was never even considered as a su- successor? Because I'm never, I'm not actually your son. Daddy issues. Um, daddy issues. Right. So, um, the little blue boy, the, the second antagonist, I guess you could say is Laufey. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the frost giants. Yeah. 
but general, I but guess I you could say as an as an entity, but they're they're more like a subplot for Loki. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other other one would be the destroyer, but even the destroyer is just destroyer an extension of Loki's will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I I, th- I think <laughs> I like that it's already put down. Yeah. So uh, I think we can all Loki's uh, we, fantastic. In this Lo- Loki mm-hmm. is like I think like the first really quality villain we've seen since, since Doc Ock. Since yeah, since Doc Ock. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you got to think that's what. Uh, two thousand and it's a really good story. Like two thousand four, that, that's yeah. seven years worth of movies, and they they just now get it right. Yeah, with Loki, right? Um, and um, it, it was someone. It was a villain that we wanted to see again. Oh yeah. Like Abomination said, uh, was good, but he wasn't second movie good. Yeah. Right. No. Lo- Loki's appeared in four movies. Five. Uh yeah, all three Thors and two uh. Two event, two, yeah, two, two Avengers. Avengers. Films. So yeah, Loki has been a primary character, or you know, tertiary character at the, at the very least in five films. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that's a, that's that's saying something. Like he's he's really good. So the the idea, like the the economy is like I like he legitimately believes he's better than his brother and has never been considered for the place of Asgard's throne. So he gets rid of his brother, orchestrates it to get rid of his brother, and it really isn't like he does it to his brother. He just puts his brother in situations he knows his brother will fuck up. Yeah. And cause himself to get kicked out of Asgard. Yeah. Like. So it looks like he didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> well, he's like, I, again, and, and it's one of those ones, it's almost very um, Baron Zemo-ish when you think about it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I can't take down Thor. I know that. I can't. He's physically more powerful than me, and he has the backing of the entire populace. But if I put Thor in a situation where he takes down himself... That's completely different. Um, and so he does it. And then um, I think it gets a little bit comic when, booky, comic booky near the end when Thor kind of like, oh, hey, I can save the day. But mm-hmm. um, there's some uh, some beautiful moments uh, near the end, especially when like Loki's like, I did it for you, father. And Odin's just, Odin's just like, let it go. It's it's not about that. And Loki's just like, if I'm I'm never going my he's never going to look at me with the respect that I want. And he just lets himself it seemingly die uh as he falls into the abyss underneath Asgard. R.I.P. Yeah. Right? R.I.P. Um but he would not die, he would return later. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. In X Men First Class. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um X Men First Class came out. Uh uh, three weeks later. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, take a swing at this. In the early 1960s, during the height of the Cold War, a mutant named Charles Xavier, James McAvoy, meets a fellow mutant named Eric Lencher, Michael Fassbender. Despite their vastly different backgrounds, Charles grew up with a wealthy family while Eric lost his parents in Auschwitz. The two become close friends. As the world teeters on the brink of a nuclear war... Charles and Eric, with other mutants, join forces to save humanity. However, a situation soon soon tears the friends apart. (laughs) Okay. Um, So so they don't go into the villains at all in this movie, but the major villain is um, Sebastian Shaw, uh, who's a mutant who wants to orchestrate um, a a Cold War. He wants people to pull the trigger in the Cold War. uh, Believing that... uh, 
mutants are the children of the atom. Like their mutations are coming from what happened, what's happening in the world now, and they will survive any conflict that happens between man and a nuclear war. And more may come about because of that. Right. And that he believes that survival of the fittest. Uh, right. So if he causes it to happen, human humans will evolve or die. And if they evolve, they become mutants. And if they become mutants, yay, more of us. Okay. Um, Sound familiar. It sure does. Right. So, um, at the end of the movie, you see, Eric, like uh, Magneto, flip and kind of become an antagonist as well because he basically kills to what Se- we're used to. Right. He he gets rid of Sebastian Shaw and then uh, when everything like the world governments have fired on him. So he basically just goes, you don't deserve this. And he turns all their weapons back on them and is, is getting ready to like start it's a, a beautiful between- scene where where two countries fire missiles after uh on the island threatening to kill all the mutants there like xavier is there it's not just like the evil be like xavier's on the island mystique is on the island all the the good characters a beast is on the island um and they turn the 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 rockets to fire and magneto just kind of puts his hand up and stops everything and then they all and turn turns around everything and he fires them back on the boat and that's what starts this kind of tussle this this fight between uh, Magneto and Xavier, uh, which is this metaphorical kind of physical struggle. It's actually, you could argue, the last physical struggle that they end up having. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, in so doing, he accidentally cripples Xavier. Yeah. Oh. And, and that's, that's why he's in a wheelchair. In chair. Oh. Um, so. It's, it really is it like. So this is like. This goes back in time. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Sorry. Prequel. Cold War. Prequel. Set in the 60s. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. It took me forever to figure that out. But the, one of the reasons I love this film is like this film is a great entry film to people who really want to know what the big deal about comic book movies is. Yeah. Because it's a it's a really good film and it's got great tension to it with just enough comic book sauce on it. It was I a very, it very a good way to reboot. Uh, the, the I felt series. like there was a little too many d bags with powers in that movie. Between, oh, there absolutely between is. Azazel and uh, I'm sorry, but Azazel. I loved how they they made Azazel really scary. Well, yeah, he's also not a mutant, but yeah, technically he's a demon. But. Yes, but like seriously, like you like so Azazel Nightcrawler and Azazel Nightcrawler is Azazel's son in the comics. Azazel teleports, right? And so they made it really scary because he would teleport in, he would grab someone, they would teleport like really high in the air and let you go and teleport away to safety and you fall and you die. Like that's crazy, creepy, and scary. I don't want to die like that. I don't want to die like that. Checkbox on not that Sebastian Stan, thoughts. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Shaw. Winter Soldier? I think Winter Soldier was a quality. He is a dreamy dude. (laughs) Um, Kevin uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon? Yeah. I like, I really like the representation of how his powers worked. (laughs) Uh, I did enjoy that. The explosion, you just see him compress it down and he gets physically stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I feel like the motivation was there. Um, I just feel like sometimes it was Kevin Bacon being Kevin Bacon. Yeah, well, that's one of those times, like, occasionally, this is one of those points where you hire Kevin Bacon to play Kevin Bacon yeah. playing somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, like, I, I He gets s- one of the dopest deaths ever seen in a comic book film. 
<laughs> a coin he through the head? He gets a silver dollar through his head. Oh, slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Because so, you find out you find out he also doesn't age. And he was one of the um scientists <laughs> in Auschwitz, right? Was yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the no, guys. He in was the, the he was uh, he was kind of the scientist. He was the um overseer that was splitting up the families. Yes, and he was and he was he was also trying to get um he was trying to get Magneto and then a he young saw Magneto's power. He was trying to get a young Magneto to display his powers for him and he realized that Magneto that only displays his powers at this angry. point when he's angry or in anguish and so he kills his mother. Yeah, so what he kills so he kills he, he says, "Okay, I'll give you back your mother. Move the silver dollar." And he struggles to move it. He struggles to move it. He goes, move the silver dollar. He struggles to move it. And then he kills his mother. And Magneto doesn't move the silver dollar. He moves everything, everything else around moves. the silver dollar. Yeah. yeah. Like all the shelving and all that stuff. Um, so then it turns out this dude killed my so he, mom. So uh, he killed the uh, silver dollar. He kept the silver dollar. And when he kills Sebastian Shaw, you just see it slowly move towards his face and it just presses harder and harder against his skin until it punctures his skull. He turned Kevin Bacon into a piggy bank. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I will say how much is Kevin how, how much did you invest in Kevin Bacon? One silver dollar. <laughs> one um one thing I really liked about this movie as far as Magneto is concerned is at the beginning of the movie, he's almost like a secret agent. Like he is like yeah. investigating. He's, like, he's using weapons and and his powers, uh, but he can't really control them as well. So well, that's I'll, why his relationship with Xavier. Is so yeah, but but I what I feel like is he's largely dependent upon just his skill mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of the movie, yeah. uh, which I thought was great. Um, so I I put them both under quality. Shaw and Magneto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Magneto's still a dick, though. See, I would say it's, it's, that's where he gets like uh, Sebastian Shaw's. I got it. They set his, his character up to be that way, and I I feel like I got that from the movie. The why he was doing what he was doing. Magneto's the weird one, I think. Like I don't. I I, I also did. Is like he transfer at that point? Like I would actually. I would. Story, I would debate that I would transfer him in the other direction because I love his turn. At the end. That's what I mean. Like I that's love what I'm, his I'm not turn. sure. So his turn two quality? His turn two quality is so good. Because again, the motivation is I, I find it so invigorating that Magneto would go through all of this. Uh, everything with Xavier. He would help train his first class of X-Men. He would help do all of these things, and then he would help kill Sebastian Shaw. And Xavier would look at him and go, we finally did it. And Magneto would go, yeah, but he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. Humans will do this to us. And if it had turned into a, if it had been a different person that killed his parents or his mom, he probably would have sided with him. He probably would have sided with him. But instead, he goes, no, I I killed him. Yeah, absolutely. And now I have this helmet. (laughs) Which means you can't control me. Which means you can't control me. The same way they are trying to control me. So choose your side. And he forces first class to choose a side. And I just, I think if it's an origin film, you can't, you can't really write it any better than that. Yeah, then, I, then, I, then I think he's just in quality, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. The okay, beginning yeah. part of it makes sense. Yeah. His motivation for what he's doing makes sense. And then uh, that moment where he has to choose between his friendship with Xavier or his belief in what is going to happen. All right. So the Good next. Good job, Magneto. Finally. You've done it. Finally. Uh, Still boy. sad, man. <laughs> oh. First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Captain America First Avenger. We're close to um, Spirit of Vengeance now, too, then. <laughs> All right. Don't you dare bring that shit up. You knew what this was. <laughs> uh, Captain America First Avenger, July 19th, uh, 2011. $140 million in the budget, three seventy in the box office, directed by Joe Johnson. Uh, it was written by Christopher Marcus and uh, Stephen McFeely. The important note for those two characters, or those two writers, is that they are the writers that partnered with the Russo brothers for the rest of the Captain America series. They are also the writers that partnered up with uh, Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. They are the writers of Infinity War. So um, they've been there since phase one. But pretty good for the most part. Uh it, I mean, an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is in an interesting position. A lot of people are indifferent to it. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's kind of one of the weird movies in the first, uh, you know, the only thing people remember are Chris Evans' pecs in the movie. <laughs> so yeah, I've heard a lot about them. It's the only thing that, 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 that people remember. Uh, but it is 1941, and the world is in the throes of war. Steve Rogers wants to do his part and join America's armed forces, but the military rejects him because of his small stature. Finally, Steve gets his chance when he is accepted into an experimental program that turns him into a super soldier called Captain America. Joining forces with Bucky Barnes and Peggy Carter, Captain America leads the fight against the Nazi-backed Hydra organization. I want to want to say it's interesting that they say Hydra backed organ uh, um, Nazi backed Hydra organization, and they say nothing about the Red Skull. No, but the Red Skull is the villain. Yeah, in the film. Um, I th- I think the that that Red Skull thing is still supposed to be kind of like a reveal. Yeah, so I don't true. think they put it in the descriptions. The the fact that he yeah. actually has a Red Skull. Yeah, physically. Um, he was the the apparition that was on the planet with the Soul Gem. Oh. In Infinity War, yeah. In oh, Infinity War. With the, so in with this the, movie, oh. in this movie, he is trying to harness the Space Stone, the gotcha. Tesseract, the one that Loki had, and it it seemingly kills him in this movie, but it actually transported him to that world where and he became where he the Guardian stayed. of the Soul Stone. Yeah. For so that red time. that red skull looking guy, he's the major antagonist from this Got movie. It. He's a Nazi. And that's why everyone was so shook when they saw him. And I was like, who is this man? (laughs) Um, And I couldn't say anything because everybody was so into what was happening. Yeah. So that's uh, Johan Schmidt. So. um, Special question? What's up? Do you feel differently about the Red Skull knowing that the Tesseract is a doorway? That he wasn't killed with a MacGuffin, so to say? Do I feel different about the Red Skull? No. Does it make me like or dislike this movie anymore? Kind of. It, it's nice that they didn't kill the Red Skull, because one of your major points is that you always hate the fact that most of these movies kill their major antagonist. Yeah. Like, Loki seemingly died, uh, but we saw him at the end of... Um, we saw him at the end of Thor, that weird apparition yeah. talking to... Um, 
Selvig. Uh, Selvig. Um, but Iron Man 1, Ironmonger dead. Iron Man 2, Whiplash dead. dead. Um, Thor, the Destroyer was destroyed. And uh, Loki, seemingly dead, but not really. Yeah. Um, this movie. Seemingly dead. Seemingly dead, not really. Just took seven years for us to find that out. Um, I would say he's a D-bag with powers. That's kind of the boat I think we were in before. Yeah. Like, they, no point did they sell me on the fact that he legitimately believes he's a higher form of life. Yep. Like, it, that Red Skull's entire thing in the movie is that he's like, um, I'm a superior being. I'm even better since I took the this, this super soldier serum that made me crazy and have a red face. But I'm a superior form of life. Aryans are a superior form of life. This is the way the world should be. Um, and everybody that's not us deserves to either bow down or die. Yeah. And like he even kills Nazis. Because he's like, I don't agree with your message. Bam. Right. Bam, bam, bam. Um, you're not you're not extreme enough for me. Bam. Um, but yeah, he's pretty much just a D bag with powers. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next one is uh, Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is your uh, second Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie. Second, they made a sequel. I'm gonna. They made a sequel. Yes. I'm gonna read it now. Yes. So, all right. <laughs> now hiding out in Eastern Europe, Johnny Blaze <laughs> is still struggling with the curse of the Ghost Rider. The Devil's Bounty Hunter. You just made Diamond Jab leave the room. <laughs> Johnny meets a priest named Moreau, who asks Johnny to find a boy named Danny and bring him back. But there's a catch. Satan is looking for the boy, too, and has a personal stake in the matter. But if Johnny can find Danny first and save the boy's soul, there's a chance Johnny can save his own soul as well. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I wish that was like what it said at the end. I know just one word, but that was amazing. So, so it really sold it, I know. Let's look at the uh, Velons. Uh, so we have um, Mephisto. Satan. Uh, again, played by a different actor this time, but they kind of worked that into the story is that when Satan uses his powers on Earth, he has to have a vessel, and he wears the vessels out really quick. Uh, the more he uses the powers, which is why, like, a separate actor... Um, and then uh, we have Blackout, uh, who um, basically, so he starts out as just a dude working for, for uh, the just devil. A just a dude working for the devil trying to capture this kid, right? And Ghost Rider drops like this huge ass piece of debris on him, and he uh, is like, uh, and dying. Satan brings him back to life with powers in which he, he can touch any uh, matter and uh, basically disintegrate it. Okay. Yeah, age it considerably. He, and including then, humans. And apparently he also has the ability to make you perceive nothing. Yeah, like basically he, can, you, he, he blanks out all light. For you. For you. Um, Impression. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically those are our two villains. Um, I would say obviously Blackout, I think he's a D-bag with powers. Uh, out of yeah, yeah, just D bag with powers. Um, does he like go around um, killing things because of it? Like, what? does he like now that he has this power? Like, does he, he use it? It's, just because no, of, he uses it to kidnap. 
Yeah, he just he's like just hey. even worse. He just touches food and watches it disintegrate. Like he just starts touching things and then watching it disintegrate because it's like. Does except he when have he's like special gloves? Yeah. No. no, apparently I, I want to say it's a conscious effect. Okay, I don't know, but it almost seems involuntary at times. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I know. just don't know how he can kidnap somebody by taking them, but then he would kill them. Good question. Exactly. You know, that's kind of stupid. You just like go in there. Um, if I touch you, you'll die. Oh. I think they mentioned it. The Satan basically wants to use the boy for a vessel because he's actually part Satan. Mm. Yeah. So uh, Satan, Satan, Satan had a kid. Uh, Satan borked oh. his mom. And borked. Borked. And they had a kid. And Danny is that kid. And because he is part Satan uh, or part Mephisto, he can house his body without it being without it degrading. Basically. Oh, he's but the perfect also, vessel. Right, but he also has he borked his mom. Because he's part he, him. Yeah, yeah but he has his also, mom got borked by but Satan. He, but he also has all the powers of Satan as well. But he has to unlock them. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, he kind of had to figure it out. So yeah. by the end of the movie, but yeah, he's also... This, this Mephisto, not nearly as interesting as the previous one. Yeah, I think they're... I, I don't know, near the end of it, it just kind of turned into... I guess the motivation is there, but I feel like as a guy that's been manipulating people for millennia, he's not very good at, he's not very good at it. He's not very good at manipulating transfer. Like it starts off strong and then it just kind of like, I kind of get it in the beginning. Like there's a a mystery around what's happening, why he's doing it. And then like you get the clues that kind of make it make sense. But I put him in transfer from, I would say like, okay to eh. Because by the end of it, I was just like, I get it. You're going to possess the boy. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Next one. Avengers. This is the return of Loki. Quality villain. So, yeah, quality. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, we got the, we got the mo- it's the same motivation from the first one, except he also has the added bonus. of. need to search it up. If if you if you fail me. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, basically, he gets employed by Thanos, uh, who you don't necessarily, you you kind of know it's Thanos, um, but he is employed by Thanos to take an army to Earth and conquer it. Loki is? Yes. Yeah. And so then, he, he's given uh, a staff, which has the Mind Stone in it, which is eventually what goes into Vision's forehead. Yes. But that allows him to turn people against, uh, against he allows them to control people. So he taps Hawkeye and turns Hawkeye into a bad guy for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can he can just do that. And basically, he wants to use the Tesseract to bring Thanos's army to Earth. So he's setting everything up to summon the army. And then there's this big drag out fight in New York. That's a lot of fun. But uh, if you remember in Avengers three, there's the line from um, Bruce when he's talking to Tony and he goes, Thanos is the one that sent Loki to New York. He's the entire reason we the the invasion happened in New York. That's why it's such a big deal. That's Got why it's a big it. deal. So it's Got Loki. It. So Loki, but he's a quality villain. I'm the the scene, like his plan, like everything seems really f- well thought out, like uh and then everything around him is just beautiful. Like I I love the the what he does when he's talking to um Black Widow when he's just like I'm the most intelligent person in the room. I'm the smartest. I'm functionally a god to you. Why do I even, I don't need to worry about you. And then he tries to rub it in and in so doing, he's like, oh shit, you're smarter than I thought. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Cause like she's talking to him about his plan. He just goes, I know everything about you. I've talked to him. I know that you're, you're, you've done a lot of bad stuff, Black Widow. 
um, and she appears to cry. And she, uh, she, calls, a, she there, calls him a monster. Well, I just love there's that line, that mewling quim line <laughs> that he uses, which is basically like a really, really mean insult to a female. What is, uh, what is a mewling quim, Brian? Please, that's um, I believe it's like a whining pussy. Um, uh, yeah, a meowing, oh, oh, wait, a meowing vagina. A, a quim being a vagina. A meowing vagina. Um, but like <laughs> mewling, like mewling, <laughs> right? Like, like a whining vagina. Yes. Um, wow. But he's just Actually, like. Actually, it's a little worse than that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, please. A mewling quim. <laughs> In the Urban Dictionary, an insult used by Loki in an Avengers movie, which roughly translate into modern English as a whining cunt. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, Woo. yeah. So like, why is like whining pussy? So, nice. but a whining cunt, like not a nice term. <laughs> it's not not like, but that that line and what well, they get away with in a Disney movie. Um, Do they? Oh, true, true, yeah, it's a true. Disney movie. True. Because um, yeah. because no, no Americans know what it means, right? I did. Oh, I man. heard that. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but the uh, how do you think ScarJo felt <laughs> the the I don't insult, think it, the mewling quim? Probably didn't know what it out. meant. Um, no offense to ScarJo, but uh, there's so many right. people like there's so many people I know that just don't know what that means, and I didn't even like, know it was cut, that bad. On. Does that mean? Right. Whedon's like, I'm just gonna go with it. I'm just gonna go with it. Right. It's a Tom Hiddleston um, thing. <laughs> but then she go like she starts. She seemingly cries, and then he's like, "You're a monster." He's like, "I'm not the monster. You brought the monster on board." And then she's like, "Oh, your play is is the Hulk." And he goes, "What?" And he goes, "That was your plan. The Hulk is your plan." Because she brought the he's Hulk going on board. After Banner. And she he was like, "What?" And she goes, uh, "Loki's plan is the Hulk." Thank you. And she walks out the door. <laughs> Um, but that, it's that level of arrogance that he plays so well yeah. that Tom Hiddleston does really well that I think is great. Yeah. Um, I just want to say Loki's why? hair gets like greasier and greasier in every movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Ew. Uh, it's like long and greasy. <laughs> Ew. Well, the more villainous he is, the more greasy it gets. Yes. Um, I, hate it. I think in like Ragnarok, it's very flowy and yeah, nice. True. True. And that's the f- that's the movie where he's the hero. The well, I think in the beginning the of the, in the beginning of the movie, it's gr- it's kind of greasier. It's and then- yes, it's wet and greasy. And then towards the end of it, like when he's on Sakaar, it's very flowy and curly. yeah. The I, need, I, need to get, the I need to get mewling quim off my computer. Yeah, please do. It's mewling quim. All right, the next one. Can I call somebody uh, that next? The probably probably, quim? Quim? probably yeah, should. You're a oh, hey. Quim. Yeah. I like how the third person. Reboot number two. The third person in the cast here is, is Stanley. Stanley. Uh, so reboot number two, we're talking about the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. Abandoned by his parents and raised by his aunt and uncle, teenager Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, is trying to sort out who he is and exactly what his feelings are for his first crush, Gwen Stacy. When Peter finds a mysterious briefcase that was his father's, he pursues a quest to solve his parents' disappearance. His search takes him to Oscorp in the lab of Dr. Kurt Connors, setting him on a collision course with Connors' alter ego, the Lizard. Uh, movie made $757 million directed by Mark Webb and was released July 3rd weekend, uh, so, July so 4th weekend, 2012. Again, this is the, this is the case where we have a villain who likes Peter Parker. Yeah. This is a um, very Doc Ock kind of. I think that's what they were plot. going for, you know, it's to be very, honest. Re- it's very recycled and considering it's a reboot is saying something. And it's not as successful. 
Uh, well, it's better than the than the next one. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, the so the villain wise, I mean, pretty much it's just the lizard, right? Yeah. It's the only we're gonna link. It's the only. Do you see the rhino at the end of it, right? Yeah, that's, no, that's the, that's the second one. That's the end of two. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but yeah, so the lizard. I'm trying uh, to remember if I've seen this one. So, so basically, the basically Andrew this, Garfield. He's got and the, and the the bad guy's got one arm, and he tries to use DNA, I guess, from a lizard to that regrow can regrow it, a limb. That can regrow a limb to regrow his arm. It turns him into a, a lizard person, and it kind of affects his mind to where he wants to turn everyone into a lizard person, <laughs> and Spider Man has to stop him. Okay, so um, he's just kind of weird. Uh, transfer. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, transfer. I would say transfer. Transfer. I mean, from from good to meh to debug. Or, yeah, yeah. Because again, the ba- the end of it just turns into a boss fight again. Like he just wanted his arm back, you know. And to turn everyone just, on the planet the into lizard people. He just wanted people. his arm. Everybody in New York okay, to turn but into like, lizard people. Apparently, I guess lizard brains are crazy. Actually, they go into that in the comic books. Do they? Yeah, uh, that that the lizard brain is different. He starts turning people into lizards, and then they start killing people because they're just like, you know, we're lizards, like whatever. We're not people, man. We're lizards. We don't care. And then we he winds up, in care. the comics, he winds up killing his own son. He's like, I'm a lizard. I don't care about you. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Relatives mean nothing because I'm a lizard. Yeah, I'm a lizard, <laughs> man. <laughs> you're, you're 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 human. I don't I don't care about you. <laughs>